Do you hold a deep-seated desire to feel outraged? Or do you just find yourself wondering why everyone's fighting all the time? I think that don't seem to matter all that much. Well, it's 2021. If you're not mad about something, you must be paying attention. I'm Jay. It's me, Reggie. The stink bug. And I'm empty. Together, we're gonna find out. Where did she go? Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Right in front of me! Look at this way, right? Koala's kind of vicious, right? Mm. We need them. Koala's aren't vicious. Hey, Reg is just like xenophobic to the extreme. They're, they're, yeah. not, they're not even a part of a food chain. Like, do we need them? Koalas. Oh, they're weird. I don't like them. Oh, <laughs> Nothing eats koalas and koalas eat leaves. So yeah, I don't koalas eat leaves. They're important for the ecosystem. I'm assuming. Oh, fuck it. We can just burn the leaves or eat even ourselves. I don't no, I think I think we need those leaves. I think those trees are... Uh, we need eucalyptus trees, right? No, well, we don't need anything eating them. They no, you need to eat them so that the so that they can pull out the seeds, and then we get more trees. I mean, like it fucking it's fake news, bro. We already lost a Tasmanian tiger. Like that is true. We already lost one one of our staple animals, the Tasmanian tiger. Can you imagine how proud we would all have been to have a Tasmanian tiger if it was still around? You mean like as a pet or what? No, just as like a national symbol that we have this crazy fucking marsupial that looks like a cat and just like kills every other animal that comes into contact with it. Do you know if someone someone said to me, Tasmanian tiger ate my baby, I'd believe that. Yeah, because I'm sure Tasmanian tigers ate many babies over the over the millennia that it was around until the settlers came and hunted them all. Who would win in a fight? Two Tasmanian tigers or an actual tiger? Probably the actual tiger, but we don't have tigers here, so it's not an issue. Well, against two of them. <laughs> yeah, they they were pretty small. They were more like uh, they were more like those little guys from Men in Black. You know the uh, <laughs> the alien like friends. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're the bros, the alien bros. Yeah, they're like, hey, like, we're Smith. Hey. Welcome to space, bro. <laughs> I reckon you'd need like eight of them. So my dad, he sent me an email. Of a scooter, like a like an electric scooter, and it was just a video explaining an electric scooter, and I was like, all right. Like how it works? Yeah, well, just just like, this is our scooter, this is what our branded scooters are like, right? And I was all like, right. okay. I called him later in the week. Turns out he actually bought one, that's why he sent it to me, he didn't tell me he bought one. In all the email. right. But he bought it so he could walk the dog. On the scooter? Yeah, so he just rides around, the, the dog just runs with him, or whatever, right? And he bought, he bought a little holster on the front of it. Uh, for the to, crazy to, gun. To, to, <laughs> <laughs> no, to, if to for in his words to keep the load safe, and the load was <laughs> bourbons. So, <laughs> dude, I I haven't seen your dad for a while. Is is his diabetes like taken uh, away his legs or something? Does he need a mobility scooter now? Not yeah, but he's. I think he's planning for it. Like, he seems like a very like, like he te- definitely seems to plan ahead. He's actually in the best shape he's been in like the last twenty years, I reckon, because. After his diabetes scare and he switched to zero Coke bourbons. Mm. <laughs> um, I just I, I just don't get if he's if he's fully able bodied. Does he just want the scooter to be on so that he doesn't have to walk, or does he just want the? Uh... He's always said this thing, right? He's always said it, right? He's always said you only have a limited amount of heartbeats. Mm. That's why he thinks exercising is a waste of time because you're wasting heartbeats, right? Because your heart pumps faster and all that. So I assume he's trying to avoid the exercise in order to be able to live that extra, you know, three years, four years, whatever it is. 
Nah, but wouldn't that be taken into account when you, the total is, like, made when you're born, right? Like, oh, yeah, at this point, he's going to use even more heartbeats. What do you mean? No, no, no. If you if you have, say, 10 billion heartbeats, right? Mm. And when you're working out, your heartbeats faster, so you're wasting those heartbeats, right? If you don't work out and your heart stays at a very mild manner, then you'll live longer. Your heart will oh, last No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is that that is already taken into account with the 10 billion. They already know that's how many heartbeats you're going to have. I mean, this is a uh, this is flawed. This is very flawed logic. I don't know if you want me to no. t- explain why this look, look, is flawed this, logic. This, this isn't Martin. This isn't like a uh, a destiny thing. Okay, this isn't like a you know your life or whatever. This is just like straight up, just your heart wears out, right? Well, dude, so yeah, no, not many people are born and their parents are like your destiny is to be on a mobility scooter because <laughs> you don't want to get any exercise. <laughs> like that's not that's not a good destiny to have. Let, let me make this clear, because you'll be upset if I don't. It's not a mobility scooter. <laughs> it's I like a two-wheeled you. scooter that you get around on, right? That has storage at the front for his bourbon. No, that's like, it's like a little bag that he bought for the front of it to store his bourbons in, right? This is, this is a mobility um, scooter. You're describing anyway, a mobility scooter. <laughs> he, did, he did say to me that it was too hard to walk the dog on it, so now he gets uh, the, you know, the lady that lives upstairs. She walks the dog. And then he rides along beside him on the mobility scooter. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Dude, is, is he trying to charm this lady? It's called the Kim Cursor, right? Like, he's uh, he's already charmed her. He's charmed most of the women in this world. Dude, your, your dad doesn't want any identifying features out there. We can't we can't talk about the Kim Curse. Oh, so yeah. we'll just call it the... The Kuma yeah. Curse. Yeah, the... <laughs> I actually got some, uh... I got some feedback about the, the Kum. The Kum? Yeah, Reg. Um... We're not allowed to talk about the stink bugs banjo string anymore. <laughs> I don't even remember what the fuck that was, I'll be honest. Yeah, we had some people that really just weren't happy, like, thinking about the fact that Reg has a penis. Yeah, I'm not happy either. I've seen it. I've, I've had to witness it before, okay? I've not been the same since. I think it works the same as how people don't want to think about how North Korea has a weapon of mass destruction, right? <laughs> okay? I understand, all right? It's scary. It's daunting but in the day i do have a penis all right and it is incredibly powerful <laughs> i actually um i haven't told you guys i checked the uh our analytics yeah uh, yeah we're, we're on the rise really that sucks I, I wanted this to be low key for cool people only my male dominated space sorry go on <laughs> my male dominated space um i think most of our listeners are probably female to be honest ever since i got on yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> as soon as you came to the podcast, it spiked. It's because I'm relatable. You know how Twitch streamers get parasocial, like, relationships yeah, with their yeah. viewers and all that? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, people who think they know them just because they watch so much of them. I'm yeah. waiting for that to happen to us so then I can manipulate them. <laughs> yeah, I'm just scared. I'm going to be at work one day and then someone's going to rock up and be like, Martin. And I'm going to be like, who the fuck? And yeah, gonna- he's going to be like, what was that you said about meat eaters? <laughs> <laughs> no, he he rips open his shirt and he's he's a family butcher. <laughs> he pulls out his butcher knife. He's coming for My you. father went out of business. <laughs> but dude, but then that's all good because your superior vegan physique can outrun his. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll just bend his blade when he tries to stab me. I don't know. I ate a Big Mac before and it, it wasn't it wasn't great. It was a bad Big Mac. And whenever something like that happens, I move a little bit closer to just not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I've heard. Who's who is this? Who's Gabby Petito? We're we're gonna find out who's Gabby. 
But uh, just before we start, just some housekeeping. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Why They Mad Pod. Follow us. Uh, we'll give you a shout out in the next show. Uh, if you listen on Apple, leave us a review. Uh, t- tell your friends and family about us if you like us, or if you hate us and you want them to suffer, or if you hate Reg. No one hates me. It's impossible. I'm like a I'm like a anti villain, anti hero. Yeah, you're an anti. You're like Boba Fett or Deadpool. I, do, I punch for horses, but I also talk about feelings. So do you? Anyway, uh, if uh, if our show has you thinking, feeling anything, we want to hear from you. You can send us a DM on Instagram, or you can email us at whythatmadpod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get back to you there or on air. Or if you know me in real life, you can just tell me stuff, which is usually what happens. And uh, I did get told today that, well, not today. I got I got told the other day, no more talk about Reg's uh, body. They want to think of Reg as a, as a doll. I'm guessing they don't want to. Uh, they don't want to imagine that he has bodily autonomy or that he's a. I'm a man. <laughs> he's a person with muscles and a nervous system and a heart that is beating blood. Yeah, they just Look, okay. Every, every, every man's got a couple banjo strings. All right, just saying. Twang. I thought they had one. Do you have, like, spares what? or something? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he lost them, dude. It's like me with my birth certificate. <laughs> Alright, guys. Are, are, you, uh, are you guys ready to hear about the shittiest road trip ever? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be awesome. Wait, wait, wait. wait. There's a movie. There's a movie called um, RV. You never remember the uh, movie yeah, RV? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're that might have been, That's probably the shittiest... <laughs> Road trip, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a bit where he has to chase the RV, like he. Uh, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Which is the one with Ice Cube? When he, the, when oh, no, no, no. Are we there yet? Yeah, are yeah, we yeah. There yet? They had a great time in Are We There Yet? <laughs> well, I remember there's a part in RV where he doesn't know where to put. He doesn't know where to put the toilet like tube, the shit tube, or whatever. And he accidentally he does something. He gets covered in shit or something. And I was mm. like, man, that. Looks yeah, like it's horrible. What about Soul Plane? Do you think Soul Planes are for the next seven minutes? Reg ignores all social cues and discusses the movie Soul Plane. Do you remember in Soul Plane how the plane had high drops? Like doom, 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 and it bounced. And oh, it was yeah. like uh, the first class, first class people got. I had this movie on DVD when I was a child. Oh, is there a Soul Plane too? It's got Method Man in there, Kevin Hart, Jackie, Paul Blart, the Mall Cop. Alright, so this this episode actually isn't about Soul Plane. It's about <laughs> Gabby Petito. This is an unfolding case. It doesn't have a resolution yet. Like, uh, you, you might be listening to this in, like, the year 2030, and you know what comes of it. You know what uh, you know what the end game is. We, we don't know that yet. Don't say fucking end game, you fucking mass brand appeal chump. It's like a, it's like a Avengers. Anyway, um, and, and my friends here, I'm going to go on a limb and say that they have literally no clue who Gabby Petito is or what's happened. So if you do know what is gonna happen, you can uh, you can follow along with these guys as they learn. Uh, it is a bit out of what we usually cover. It's a true crime case, but it has caused a fair bit of a fair bit of controversy and outrage. If you if you're a listener that mostly enjoys our lighthearted stuff, which uh, I don't think we have it's any. Never, bit- we <laughs> never we never we <laughs> never do anything lighthearted. I don't know the UFO thing is pretty lighthearted, but then we got into the family and that was weird. Anyway, um, if you're a listener that uh, prefers lighthearted stuff and you're sensitive to issues of crime and domestic violence, uh, you might find this episode distressing. Once again, you guys ready for a real shitty road trip that doesn't turn into a discussion about Soul Plane? Fucking you hope so, yeah. (laughs) 
Alright guys, let's find out about Gary Petito and Brian Laundrie. 22-year-old Gary Petito was born on March 19th, 1999. Uh, she grew up on Blue Point in Long Island, New York. Reg, do you remember who else from the podcast was from Long Island? Mm. Ren and Snoopy. <laughs> no, they're, they're a fictional character. But was it the creator of Ren and Stimpy? No, did you remember? Episode- oh, Prince, the Prince, the Prince. George. George. Huh? George. Prince George. <laughs> no. Is that Prince Andrew? <laughs> oh, yeah, Prince Andrew. Oh, the crazy dude. Yeah, Mohawk lookalike. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm following. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was from Long Island. He was a psycho. So does yeah. that mean everyone from Long Island? Maybe. If we have any listeners on Long Island. Was that was that worth the five minutes to figure it out, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to see if you remembered. He's trying to prove his dominance on me again, Martin. Can you stop him? He's always doing this. I He's always like, hey, Reg, hey, Reg, can you remember your dad's birthday? And I'll be like, can you not? Ask me this question. Yeah, <laughs> well, you stressful. don't. You so don't. what if I know, it's, I know it's in May? That's all I need to know. Gabby was the oldest of six children. Uh, she lived with her mother and stepfather. She was described by those who knew her as a very friendly and loving person. While Gabby was at high school, she met Brian Laundrie, who was born in November 1997. When they met, she was in junior year, which is the Australian equivalent of year 10, and he was in sophomore year, which is the equivalent of year 11. Well, was he held back or something? No, I think he was born just like late, um, late 97, you know? Um, and uh, the, okay. the American school year, like, starts a different point of the year. Uh, it doesn't start, like, halfway through, like, yeah, after summer holidays. Something like that. So, I think, uh, I think just their system of when people go into school based on their, yeah, when gotcha. they were born is a bit different. Like, uh, Pigtails, she was, uh, she was born in, uh, 98, but she was, uh, in the year of all the 97s. She born, she's not born in 99. He said 98. Gabby. I mean, not Gabby. Gabby was born in 98. Pigtails was born in 98. We're three years older than her. You were born in '96. Mm. <laughs> 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 you can't ask him when he was born, okay? <laughs> dominance over him. Gabby and Brian would eventually start dating, but a friend of Gabby's said that you never knew if they were together at any given time, since they were constantly breaking up and then making up. And there's, there's some conflicting information online about when they started dating. Some people say they first dated in high school, whereas some people say they uh, didn't start dating until 2019. So I'm not sure. I don't know if maybe they had like a, you know, like a, they were seeing each other in high school, but they properly started dating in 2019, or if uh, one is right and the other's not. I'm not sure. While their relationship was described as having, quote, very high highs and very low lows, friends would say that Gabby always described Brian as a good boyfriend, and that there was never any signs of physical abuse. Gabby did, however, reportedly once confide in a friend that Brian would go through episodes of hearing voices and being unable to sleep. They also described the relationship as toxic and Brian as intensely jealous. Gabby graduated high school in 2017, and uh, both her and Brian decided that instead of continuing on to college, they would instead work hard to fulfill their dream of traveling together. Brian's Instagram bio highlights this supposed rejection of expectation, Reading. Bug bites are better than being brainwashed by the media. Nature enthusiast. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it just dot 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 nature enthusiast? That's what his Instagram bio says. Well, actually, no, it doesn't have a dot dot dot. It has like a plant emoji so that everyone knows he's a <laughs> he's a plant guy. So he smokes weed. I got it. <laughs> yeah, this this guy 
<laughs> this guy doesn't uh this guy doesn't get brainwashed by the media. He's too small for that. He's not getting bitten by bugs and shit. <laughs> Stink bug got under his skin. <laughs> <laughs> Together, Gabby and Brian moved to Northport in Florida to live with Brian's parents. So I'm gonna speculate this was to save money. Uh New York is apparently really expensive. Um and it probably wouldn't have been feasible to live together in a house of six siblings like Gabby had if they wanted to live as a couple, you know? Uh, there isn't anything out there to suggest Gabby wanted to get away from her parents' family in New York, and uh, the two families would come together to celebrate holidays like Thanksgiving and all that. In Florida, Gabby worked various jobs as a waitress, pharmacy assistant, and according to her, at an organic juice bar. It's unknown, at least to me, whether Brian held any official position for work, but it's confirmed that he sold various art pieces under the name Bizarre Design. These included sketches, watercolors, sculptures. Some of his art was drawn on mouse traps. His art was, by the looks of it, entirely recreations of other media like The Simpsons and Futurama and Tim Burton stuff. So uh, both their Instagram accounts were awash with loving tributes, platitudes to each other usually depicting them hiking. Dude, that's the biggest red flag I've ever... That's always <laughs> the biggest red flag to me, is when I look at someone's Instagram account, and it's just like, yeah. you know, like they have like their partner's name in the handle and shit like that. Uh, and it's yeah, just like yeah. pictures and pictures of them just like together. I'm like, you don't look like you have a real relationship. Yeah, you, you look like you just pose for the camera like every few weeks. Yeah, yeah exactly, you know? It's, a, it's it's more like for show than anything, you know? Yeah. Why would, yeah. Why would people put so much effort into it out of curiosity? Because it's for show. Because they yeah. want other people to think that they're in, like, you know, some type of, like, you know, perfect relationship or whatever the case is. Well, that's, I yeah, think that's right. one of the big re- the big reasons people use social media is because they want to kind of uh, depict a fantasy life. Maybe that's for... Well, that's it. They want, they want to show off, you know? Yeah. Them. I don't know why people want to show off. That's just to seem successful or happy to, you know, people they used to know or whatever if they... If they are trying to will that into real life, uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, on on their Instagram pages, they like basically all their posts are just photos of them kissing or sitting together or whatever. And uh, one of Brian's posts, which was a picture of them kissing, and it was captioned, "I die just to watch all our memories on repeat. Never loved anyone as much as this girl." Ugh. Is that like a reference to like the Tibetan Book of the Dead? Maybe it is. Well, no, isn't isn't like uh, I'm sure. I mean, this guy is uh, obviously a bit of a you know that type of guy. But uh, isn't it like they say when you die, all your all your memories flash before your eyes? I think it's like you sort of go when you die. They say like you sort of go through. Essentially, you like relive like key memories that shaped you. Uh, those are this excellent movie, Enter the Void. Ah, yeah, Enter the Void. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's yeah. an excellent movie? I think it is. <laughs> Dude, that movie is, uh, like, four hours long. Uh, yeah, no, it's very long, <laughs> but I think it's definitely worth, like, one watch. Yeah, no, I've actually- I've watched it twice, and the first time I was like, what the fuck? And the second time, Lucy made me, like, turn it off, like, two and a half hours in. She just was not vibing with it at all. No, I understand that. I do think it probably goes for too long. Like, it's very long movie. Yeah. But I, th- I thought it was pretty powerful. I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's definitely, like, a work of art, because it's basically this guy who dies, and then- it's like a depiction of the afterlife and then reincarnation. According I guess. to the according to the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which is like what he was obsessed with before he died. Yeah, right. One friend still in New York who watched their relationship from afar described them as quote couple goals. 
Vegamon, that's exactly why people do it. That is why people do it. One friend still in New York who watched her relationship from afar described yeah. them as couple goals. That is exactly why people do what they do on social media. Yeah, validation. Yeah, it's could- validation. It's all validation. In July 2020, Brian proposed to Gabby. In a post to Instagram, she said, quote, Brian asked me to marry him, and I said yes. Brian, you make life feel unreal. Every day is such a dream with you. Similarly, Brian posted a tribute for the engagement, captioned, My biggest fear is that one day I'll wake up and it will all have been a dream, because that is what every second has felt like since the moment we found each other. Till death do us part, or until I wake up. I'm so happy the answer was yes. Love you, honey. Do you guys reckon that was a reference to the <laughs> Matrix? <laughs> Some of our lady listeners are going to fall even deeper in love with Martin after hearing him say that, I reckon. <laughs> They're going to soundbite it. It's going to become their fucking ringtone. It's going to play that at nighttime in their big old empty bed. They're going to put their phone on, on the pillow. My biggest fear is that one day I'll wake up <laughs> and we'll all have been a dream. And the- <laughs> <laughs> You're doing, you're doing like the fucking like army hammer voice for me. <laughs> I'm very concerned, dude. Uh, the, the army hammer voice just fits so perfectly to the shitty sex men who make themselves out to be deep. <laughs> Will you yeah. let me spit on you? <laughs> oh my god! Look what you made me do. You know who it sounds like? You just sound like fucking Kylo Ren. Yeah. You notice that? You sound like Adam Driver. Yeah, that's what the inspiration is. In 2021, Gabby and Brian took the steps to turn their dreams of a nomadic lifestyle into reality. Months earlier, they had purchased a white 2012 Ford Transit van uh, that Brian and Gabby would over time heavily modify. On Instagram, Brian posted footage of his, quote, van build depicting himself using a buzzsaw to remove the van's flooring and adding solar power panels to use to power their devices. Which is pretty cool, I reckon. That's, yeah, uh, that's that, that pretty, is pretty cool. Gabby refurbished the interior of the van, and she made it look like something right out of, like, Frankie magazine. I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a magazine for, like, 20-something-year-old girls, Yeah, and they fucking love it. If you see, scroll down a little bit, you can see it. See the interior yeah, yeah, there. pretty crazy. It's got a little bed, it's got a guitar, it's got all the flowers and shit. Looks, it looks like a pretty cool place to travel across the country in. What do you reckon it smells mm. like? Cigarettes. Hey, I don't know, man. These guys are organic eaters. Yeah, only, only American spirit smokes, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all natural. In late June, Gabby and Brian traveled from Florida to their hometown, Blue Point, New York, to attend Gabby's younger brother's high school graduation. From there, the plan was to embark on a four-month cross-country van trip. The Gabby would document on a travel blog called Nomadic Static, which was to be a YouTube channel and a website, along with Gabby and Brian both regularly posting to Instagram pages with the hashtag vanlife. Isn't that a bit of like a an oxymoron, nomadic static? Because like nomadic means yeah. to move around, and static means to stay in one place. Yeah, it is actually. It's like we're we're nomads, but we're still like water. <laughs> they bought the van and they just live in the van in the KFC car park. <laughs> that's that's the real van life. <laughs> Maybe they meant static, as in like you know, like on the radio waves. You know, it's like, you're tuning in. It's it's probably, I reckon Brian came up with that name, and I reckon it's some bullshit, like, because we're the static left over from the Big Bang. So, some shit. <laughs> like. No, if you're, if, you're getting, if you're getting static on the radio, you're tuning out. 
I, I hope it was Brian that came up with that, because I, I feel bad if it's Gabby. <laughs> she seemed like a really nice girl. Anyway, um, on July 2nd, 2021, Gabby and Brian departed Bluepoint, and within two days, they were 2,700 kilometers away at Monument Rocks in Scott City, Kansas. That's huge moving. That is, a, that is huge. And that is one thing I noticed. They called us. Yeah, yeah they fucking, like, that. the amount of distance covered in, like, a day or two is insane in with these guys like i don't know if it's just because like maybe the roads are dead because of COVID and shit but i don't know and kansas is quite literally like in the dead ass middle of america over the following weeks the couple traveled from kansas into colorado then into utah where they spent the better part of utah. late july and into the first oh i thought of, of another of movie another movie that was a, a bad road trip not just are we there yet or rv there's also wild hogs oh yeah true but i think they had a good time <laughs> I think that's no. the whole point. They had a good time. There was that one point where they, they, they their cars, their motorcycles ran out of power or pet- petroleum and they had to like walk in the desert yes. for like a billion miles. I remember that movie almost shot for shot. Uh, during, during this time, they saw sand dunes, camped in national parks, visited hot springs and hung around in the back of their van, which was by now fully kitted out. And it looked like a pretty nice spot to hang out in. All the while documenting their experiences on Instagram and with Gabby filming for YouTube. During this time, Gabby would speak to her family regularly. Her mom saying that while there was some times when Gabby would be without service for a day or two, it was never more than three days between phone calls or FaceTimes where she'd fill them in on uh, what where she had been and what she'd seen. On August 10th, still in Utah, near Moab, small city of about 6,000 people that serves as the gateway to Canyonlands National Park in Utah's famous Arches. Gabby and Brian met Jay Foster, a man from Alabama who was also living the van life while traveling cross-country. I I always think, like, isn't Moab... I thought that was the mother of all bombs, but it's also apparently uh, some Bible name. You only know that because of Call of Duty, though. Yeah, and they And Trump jumped it. Um, the motherfuckers. Although, to be honest, to be to be fair, I, I read that as Moabi, like the desert, and I was like, is that in America? That, that, that's Mojave. <laughs> yeah. Mojave. And then, yes, say. it is. Moabi <laughs> desert? Mm. It is in America. And I'm oh. guessing you know that from Fallout, it's, right? It's from New Vegas, you know. Yeah, that. Fair, yeah. yeah that's, that's exactly what I know it from, yeah. Isn't it interesting how information leaks into our brains? Yeah, and how we, we, me and Martin, always know how you know something. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. What's going to happen next? Well, you want to know what happens next? Jay says they spoke together for about 40 minutes, comparing van modifications with Brian and uh, tattoos with Gabby. He said the couple seemed really happy that they were holding hands and were ecstatic about their rebuild. Before they parted ways, Brian asked Jay if he wanted a spare skateboard he had which Jay happily accepted. In an interview with the Daily Beast, Jay recalled, They were so happy to show off their van. So happy to show off their travel map. She was so proud of the sink she had put in. She was such a cool person. He was too. That's what's freaking me out. They seemed totally fine. I couldn't see him doing anything like that. It's crazy as hell. What did he do? (laughs) Two days later, on August 12th, Around 4.30pm, a 911 call was made reporting an incident of domestic violence witnessed in Moab, Utah. The caller reported driving past a man who was slapping a woman, then witnessed them running up and down the street. The caller said the man then hit her before they both got into and drove away in a white van, of which the caller was able to provide the make, model, and registration number. About 10 minutes later, a member of the Moab Police Department pulled over the white van, which was Gabby and Brian's van. 
Uh, there's body cam footage. Do you guys want to watch like a, an abridged version, or do you just yes? The the footage fully like the full thing goes for an hour and a half, but this one uh, is like a edited. Man, look at that police car. <laughs> I know it's fucking balling. Has a gradient on it. Yeah, but like the like vinyl wrap on it or whatever <laughs> the fuck. It looks so like commercialized. Yeah. I don't know. Gabby. Gabby, Brian, okay. What's going on? How come you're crying? I'm just crying. We've just been fighting this morning. Some personal issues. You want to tell me what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's just some days I have really bad OCD. And okay. I just, I was just cleaning and straightening up the back of the van before and I was apologizing to him and saying, I'm sorry that I'm so mean because sometimes I have OCD and sometimes I just get really frustrated. Not like mean towards him. I just like, I guess my vibe is like, I would be like in a bad mood. And I was just saying, I'm sorry He's like laughing about it. Well, he's he's just doing a man's own thing, right? Where he's like, ah, oh, you know, women. I think that yeah, I think the cops are like definitely playing into that to get more info out of him. I don't know. I reckon they're falling for it. What what vibe did you get from uh, Gabby and Brian? She seemed really distraught. I don't know if she was yeah, like... Yeah, distraught was the word I was going to use. I don't know if she was like... I sort of felt like she was trying to cover for him. For yeah, survive I got. And I, I felt like Brian was kind of trying to charm the cops a bit, you know? Like he uh, he was trying to make it out like it was like, oh, I'm sure this has happened with you guys too. You know, my girlfriend, she's overreacting. Like, he was being chivalrous about it. He's like, you know, like, oh yeah, nah, she scratched me, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I'll get her. You know, yeah, yeah. this will happen. Mm. So... Upon approaching the van, the officer asks the couple their names and asks Gabby why she was crying. She said she was crying because her and Brian had been fighting over personal issues. Brian seemingly assumes he's been pulled over for a traffic violation and says, I'm sorry I hit the bump there, followed by Gabby. I was distracting him from driving. I'm sorry. The officer then separates the couple for questioning, first taking Gabby away from the car. He reports over his radio. SL229, I have the female that was in the passenger seat, separated from the male. The keys are on the hood. Wouldn't it be 229er? 
Mm, he didn't say, uh, I, I think that's just from TV. The first question to Gabby is, do you want to tell me what's going on? And he says that in like a real, like, kind of, he says it like he's, uh, offering a, a sympathetic ear, you know, it's not like, what's going on? Like you guys heard on the recording mm-hmm. before it was a... Gabby, still crying, says that someday she gets, quote, really bad OCD about cleaning. And it's worth noting that, uh, Gabby's dad has come out and said that Gabby didn't actually have OCD. It was more of a turn of phrase for being a neat freak. And uh, she she was cleaning the back of the van and apologizing to Brian for being mean. Not mean to him, but for having, quote, a mean vibe. She says, recounting what she had said to Brian, I'm sorry if I've been in a bad mood. I'm really stressed. I've had so much work on my computer. The cop asks Gabby what she does for a living. And uh, she says she's trying to start a blog and has been trying to build her website. She then says, gesturing to the van, that Brian is still inside. He doesn't really believe that I can do it, so he's been a downer. I don't know. We've just been fighting all morning. He wouldn't let me in the car before. He told me I needed to calm down, but I'm calm all the time. He just really stresses me out. The officer then goes to speak to Brian, who by now seems to be aware of why he was pulled over. And while he was, uh, while the cop was interviewing Gabby, like there were other cops going up to Brian, and uh, that that wasn't captured on the body cam. But he he seems to realize that he's someone called the cops on them it wasn't just because he had hit the curb upon being asked what's going on brian says quote she gets really worked up and sometimes i try to distance myself so i locked the car and walked away from her we had a nice morning but she got all worked up while we were trying to get our day going the officer asks brian about the scratches on his face brian says that after he locked the car gabby was trying to get the keys off of him which he had put in his pocket so that gabby couldn't drive away and leave him stranded which Brian says is his biggest fear while they're on the road. Brian says he pushed her away to create some space between them and that, quote, she got him up here, gesturing up to the scratches on his face. Throughout the interview, Brian is repeatedly apologizing, especially for his driving. The officer says that it was hard to catch up due to his speeding. Brian says that when they realized the police lights were for them, Gabby grabbed the steering wheel, which is why they bumped the curb. By the end of this interaction, Brian is smiling and laughing around with the cops about being bold and wanting to sit in the shade. Meanwhile, another cop is speaking to Gabby while she sits in the back of a police car. He asks Gabby if Brian hit her. Gabby's response is, I guess, but I hit him first. The cop then asks where he hit her, and Gabby gestures that Brian gripped her face and pushed her back. But then she backtracks and says through muffled audio something along the lines of, I mean, he didn't hit me. The cop asks Gabby, who is still crying, if she often feels stressed and anxious, and if Brian is usually patient with her. Gabby says, yeah, but it it makes me so upset. I know that he gets frustrated with me a lot because... But the audio from the police body cam footage cuts out before she finishes what she says. Like, it's it's blacked out, you know? They they blacked out bits where it was, like, uh, identifying information, like date of birth, address, and all that. Yeah, okay. This part was blacked out. I don't know why. It might be because it's relevant to the investigation that's going on right now or if it could be used in court later or something like that i don't know the cop then tells gabby that he and his ex-wife were both anxious people who fed off each other's anxiety and it would cause them to spiral he implies that her relationship with brian might be bad for her soul which is kind of a weird thing for a cop to be saying (laughs) did he say soul yeah he actually said that he actually says he's like this might be bad for your soul i guess they're probably like super christian out there i think they're mormons in utah I think there's a... Yeah, 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 Salt Lake City. After the cop had finished speaking to Gabby, the one who had just spoken to Brian asks if she grabbed the steering wheel as they were pulled over. 
Gabby strongly denies that she did this. Cop goes back to Brian, goes over his story again, then asks if he takes any medication. Brian says he doesn't, and the cop asks, are you normally this hyper? To which Brian responds by asking if he seems hyper, then blames the adrenaline of seeing the flashing lights in his mirror. Then the cop asks if Gabby takes any meds, to which Brian replies, she's crazy, but no, not that I know of. Which is kind of weird. You think maybe they should just ask Gabby? You think they should ask Gabby if she takes any medication rather than asking Brian? Maybe they, maybe at this point, because Gabby was hysterically crying and Brian is, is you know, unnaturally calm. calm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure if the information was important, they probably would just like reify it with. Yeah, but I, I think what I think maybe they've assumed that Gabby's in a mental health crisis and that Brian is uh, calm. You know. Eventually, the two interviewing cops speak together privately and discuss the stories. They decide that they are corroborative and that, in both, it seems that Gabby was the primary aggressor. They then discuss the legal procedures of domestic assault, of which they decide that Brian is the victim of. Uh, so, basically, they decide, like, they're talking about the procedure and they say that in in uh, instances of domestic assault, there has to be a citation, but um, uh, the cops are able to get Gabby off on a technicality by asking her if she intended to injure Brian during the altercation, to which a tearful Gabby replies, no, never. He's able to drop the charges of Class B misdemeanor domestic assault and battery, but he orders Gabby and Brian to spend the night away from each other. He says, quote, this is to Gabby, by the way, from what you told me and what he told me, you guys have a bunch of little things that keep building up, building up, and building up. Finally, the tightrope that you guys were walking on broke today. Also present during the police intervention was a park ranger named Melissa Holes, who says in subsequent interviews that she told Gabby she should take some time to evaluate her relationship with Brian because it seemed toxic. They send Gabby off in the van and organize a hotel room for Brian for the night. Gabby tells the cops that she's reluctant to take the van because she doesn't usually do the driving, despite Brian's claims that he was worried that she would drive off on him. By the end of the encounter, the cops are joking around with Brian about how he can finally take a shower in the hotel room. So, uh, this, this mm. is the, uh, this is probably the biggest bit that's been gone over, you know, in the news and online and all that. This, um, police encounter. Yeah, the police encounter, because it, it is, uh, it's, it's footage of this couple in a, uh, in an incident where they're not, it's not just uh, on Instagram or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a look into their real relationship, and like when you when you're talking about what the police did, like it, like it's it's hard to say the police did a bad job because they knew what they were doing. Obviously, they knew the procedure. At the end of the day, yeah. their their intention was to get Gabby out of criminal charges, but knowing what happens, it's kind of like they didn't do enough to protect her obviously uh, w one thing i saw i saw this video i think it was the new york times it was like a forensic psychologist analyzing the footage and she said that what brian did with the uh car keys so that she wouldn't drive away uh this this psychologist was saying that that's actually a common thing that abusers do to show their control over somebody you know yeah okay it makes sense yeah to so to take away the car keys be like you you're, you're reliant on me you know you need me to uh move forward i think that there was much more to it than what what they let on yeah like uh, i don't know it just seems like it sort of blew up over nothing like from what from what they told the police um but she was like incredibly distraught and he was so calm it just makes it seem so weird and it's kind of it's sad watching the video just because like obviously you guys don't know yet, but 
we haven't gotten to it yet, but like she's dead now, you know, she would die a couple of days later. I don't know. I think the police did the best job they could kind of in that restricted circumstance. Yeah. I mean, like a follow up was probably necessary, things like that, you know, like it's hard. It's a hard situation because it's not like they live with relatives nearby. Like, you know, yeah. they stop them on the middle of like a cross country fucking mm. journey, you know, like it's. Like, how do you how do you tell them? Like, you can't just, like, tell them they're not allowed to continue that, you know? Yeah, well, they're totally reliant on each other. Or Gabby is totally yeah, exactly. reliant on him in this situation. Like, I guess, like, they probably encounter a bunch of situations like this. They can't, like, they can't always be expected to pick up on no. maybe more minor cues and stuff like that. The thing is, I, if Gabby had a black eye, I reckon this would have been completely different. But the fact yeah. that it was Brian that had some scratches on him is probably what resulted in. I mean, it'd be completely different if Gabby wasn't, you know, relentlessly defending him either, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. That's not to say that, you know, she probably just did what she thought was right in the moment, but like, the cops would have done a much different job if she'd said, like, I feel unsafe or mm. something along those lines, you but, know? So, like, I think they did the best they could in that regard. I think they're a bit weird, though, like, you know, talking about souls and shit. It like is that. a bit weird, yeah. But I guess they were trying... They they probably thought they were looking out for Gabby. But, but I think I think the thing that I, I think about Gabby is... And we don't we don't know everything about her, but I think um she was from New York. Her parents split up sometime, you know, in her life, and her dad moved into state. She might have some abandonment issues, you know. Um, so the idea of Brian basically taking the keys away, walk, walking away from her, that might give her the feeling of like if a parent ditched you drove off without you at you know at a supermarket like i'm not i'm not trying to say she was childlike but do you i don't know if you guys ever got the feeling but like the the fear of accidentally being left somewhere as a kid you know yeah it's like dude i don't know my address yeah man. like <laughs> like that might have given her this really vulnerable feeling and then afterwards it's like the cops show up they're in trouble and she's she just wants to be around the person that she feels safe and comfortable with even if the relationship isn't really like that you know but it's an attachment issue you know a fear of abandonment mm. yeah i don't know it's pretty it's pretty sad to be honest it's like it's pretty sad i can agree with that mm. <laughs> it's a pretty sad thing i don't know man like i uh i like the other i like the other guy jay foster bring him back once he come back into the play <laughs> Dude, that's it that's all we got he just goes skateboard <laughs> mm. reg when did you tell Cole it'd be an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> an hour and a half ago like, <laughs> yeah like maybe like we're an hour and a half into the recording yeah, nah, we, we, we're in the tail end now this is the tail end are we yeah Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, it's, it's spiraling, bro. We're in the tail, the tail end. Wait, are we in the tail end? Yes, we are. I can see, we are. We've got like four more pages, and one of them has Dog the Bounty Hunter on it. And you know, I'm going to talk about the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Information about the events of the next few days and the rest of the timeline overall, somewhat contested, but the general consensus is that on August 17th, Gabby checked into a hotel in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, while Brian flew back to Florida to help his dad clear out a storage unit. What? Yeah, and it's weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, did he just get a call while he's literally on the other side of the country? Like, son, <laughs> I need you. I need your help. <laughs> I like. I like the idea that he's already at the storage unit, and he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. I can't move that mattress by myself. <laughs> I'm gonna need hey. to get my son to come back. But dad, I'm with the Mormons in Utah. <laughs> Brian was in Florida for just under a week before heading back to Salt Lake City to resume the van travel. During this time, on August 20th, Gabby posted the first and only video to her Nomadic Static YouTube channel, 
titled Van Life, beginning our van life journey. It's eight minutes long, mostly filled with a montage of the couple's travels before ending with a short blog about one of their campsites before Gabby goes and makes yogurt with granola in the back of their van. Oh, Martin, it's your dream girl. Wait, why? She can make yogurt granola. Is it vegan yogurt? I don't know. You can get vegan yogurt. Is yogurt, yogurt not though. vegan? No, it's made from <laughs> dairy. Oh my god, why is everything always... Why is it so hard? <laughs> yeah, I know. Why is it so entrenched in our culture? It's pretty fucked up. Dude, that vi- that video is still on the fucking. It is there, yeah. It's a- yeah. I was just watching a bit of it. It's, a, it's honestly, it's pretty well done. Like it's a, it's the footage is nice. Um, How's the yogurt granola? That's a, that's right at the end. How does it look? Does it look good? Would you? No, eat it? it looks gross. Oh no, actually, it looks pretty good. The granola looks gross, but the granola was Brian's, and the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ran out of granola, so I just went and got some sticks out of the backyard. <laughs> is powdered milk vegan? No. no. <laughs> but it's like not really milk though, is it? It's in a powder form and then you it's mix it with dehydrated milk. On August 24th, Gabby FaceTimed with her mom and told her that they were heading to the Teton mountain range in Wyoming and texted her the next day to tell her they were there. This would be the last time Gabby's mom would hear from her. On August 27th at a restaurant in Jackson, Wyoming, a couple reported seeing Gabby and Brian involved in a, quote, commotion. Nina Angelo says that while she and her boyfriend sat and ate at a Tex-Mex restaurant, she witnessed Brian fighting with the waitstaff. She says she couldn't fully make out what was being said, but believed it had to do with the bill, or at least something to do with money. She says that Brian was behaving aggressively and left and returned three or four times, and she said that Gabby was visibly upset during the altercation and was apologizing to the waitstaff for his behavior. Oh, uh, yeah, that that's total, like, fucking... That's some red flag she, shit right there, man. Yeah. She's covering for him again. Yeah. Like, man, that sucks. Because, uh, especially, uh, you, you imagine the cops turn up, he'd probably be calm as shit again. Mm, yeah, probably. He'd go back to that, like, jovial, like, oh, I wasn't... Yeah. I just, I was frustrated. Yeah, that's shit. Yeah. Later that day, another travel blogging couple drove past Gabby and Brian's van. And I fuck, how many of these people are out there? Like, how many people driving across <laughs> America are just travel bloggers? <laughs> Um, I mean, like, I think majority of them, right? Like, that's that's what they. But like, you know, it's become a big. It's become a big thing in the last like five, ten years of people who like transform vans into like, yeah, you know, RVs for the most part. Right? I mean, it's a little bit and fucked up. Travel around. But doing the research for this and seeing all the footage and all that made me want to do it. <laughs> like, travel van life or whatever. It's Looks- like a, it's like it's an element of like wanderlust, yeah. and, like not being tied down. The thing is, sleeping in the back of a van with no like. Like, you could do it, right? Like, everyone yeah. would just think your van was just sitting there, you know? Like, you could just sleep in the back. I don't think you'd even get caught. Did you know... Did you remember the um, the live-action Scooby-Doo movie? <laughs> yes. Funnily. And the second scene in that, uh, after they all break up, and it's like Scooby-Doo yeah, yeah, and Shaggy, and they live in the back of a van. That was one of the bits that I remember, the food. You know, like, food in a movie is, like, in Spy Kids, when they get the Big Mac out of the microwave, and it's like, that food looks yeah, amazing. yeah. yeah, yeah. That that bit in the back of their van, I don't remember what food it was they had. I think it was They're like making like big sandwiches, weren't they? It was just like a big fucking salami sandwich with hot sauce. <laughs> 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 so another travel blog couple drove past Gabby and Brian's van, uh, parked on the side of the road at Spread Creek Dispersed Camping Area, an unregulated camping zone, uh, and they caught it on dash cam. The van was seemingly empty, and on that night, they were reportedly spotted once more at a bar where they ordered one drink each, chatted to another couple before leaving. 
This sighting fits with the overall timeline, but it is unconfirmed. Uh, but if it's true, it was possibly the last time anyone saw Gabby alive. Two days later, on August 29th, Brian is picked up hitchhiking by a woman named Miranda Baker. She says he approached her and her boyfriend outside a public shower, asking for a ride to Jackson, which they were also headed towards. She says he offered to pay them $200 for the 10-mile ride. And Miranda never addresses whether she took the $200. Would you guys feel bad if you had taken it afterwards? Reggie would have taken it and not felt bad. Yeah, true. I probably would. I'm, I would I'm catching it. up on the story. I was watching that scene from Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So Brian was behaviorally aggressively. And oh uh, so at this, point, at this point, is it assumed that she's probably dead? Yeah, in retrospect, yes. Yeah. Says he offered to pay them $200 for the 10-mile ride. I mean, I'll take the money, yeah. Yeah. I reckon they took it because... They always say, like, he offered us $200, and then they don't follow up whether they took it or not. I reckon they took it. I would it ask for more. F- yeah. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't feel bad if I had taken his money, to be honest, I afterwards. mean, you, you, you're you doing don't, a service. You don't know. You don't know yeah. what, what, like... I would have been like, man, I I always need $200 right now. I mean, to, to be fair, to be fair, it's only 10 miles, right? Which is, what, like, yeah. 15K? Like, it's yeah. not far. It's a, it's a short ride. It's not a $200 ride. Like, you, you, it'd probably be cheaper to get a fucking taxi. Um, yeah. So, like, I guess it'd be a bit like, why are you offering me such a large amount for this small yeah, ride? But yeah. Also, if I was, if I was the boyfriend, I would be like, I'll give you twenty bucks. You know, <laughs> I would start low and work my way high. Yeah, but obviously, he something's going on. He really wants a ride. It's crazy if he just wants to get out of it that fast. Yeah. He told them that he had been camping alone for multiple days while his fiance worked on YouTube videos in their van. Miranda observed that despite claiming that he had been solo camping and hiking for several days, Brian looked totally clean. And she makes this out like it's important to the overall narrative, but she had just picked him up from a public shower, so I kind of wonder if he had just had a shower, you know, and that's why he was clean. I mean, you know, these van people, they can they can smell it on you, bro. <laughs> they can smell whether or not you've been out there in the bush yeah. in the camp, you know? Um, before too long... Miranda says Brian started to freak out, saying he needed to get out of the car, and got them to pull over at a spot called Jackson Dam, saying he would find someone else to get a ride from. Um, okay. Easiest 200 bucks. <laughs> and that it's weird because he seemed to realize that they were going to be driving through the spot near their van or something, is the speculation. So I, I don't think it was like a psychotic like i need to get out of here you guys are blah 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 it was something to do with the way they were going you don't want to go past the van i think maybe yeah that that is what people are speculating but i i don't it's like the way to seem sus bro yeah afterwards he got into a car driven by a woman named norma who after telling him she wasn't headed to jackson drove him back to the spread creek camping area dude What's up with these other bloggers who saw the car, right? Who saw the van? Like, how how would you remember that? Do you guys remember every car you drive past? Well, they had it on dash cam, so they probably saw it while they were editing their stuff. And if you if you saw, if you're out there, mm. maybe seeing a van like that just abandoned it might seem a bit odd, especially when it's like not you know clearly. Like, if it was like broken mm. and stuff, they said something about wanting to go over and talk to them, but thinking that the van was empty, so they might have known them, like they might have met them camping or something. Like I'm, I'm not sure about that, but um, mm. yeah, they they made it like they they recognized the van when they drove past it, I believe. So on August thirtieth, Gabby's mom, who was at this point starting to go concerned about the lack of contact, receives a text from Gabby's phone that reads. No service in Yosemite. 
Yosemite is in California, so that's fully to the west. And that's supposedly yeah, okay. where Gabby and Brian's trip would leave them before heading back east. She immediately doubts the text is from Gabby. Uh, she had also received a text a few days prior from Gabby's number that said, quote, Can you help Stan? I keep receiving his missed calls and voicemails. Stan was Gabby's grandfather, and Gabby never referred to him by his first name. The FBI discovered that between August 30th and September 1st, Brian used Gabby's debit card to withdraw more than $1,000 in Wyoming. This is the action that would eventually result in a warrant for Brian Laundrie's arrest. And it's not totally confirmed that it was Gabby's card that he used, just that he used someone's card without that permission, but it seems logical to um, assume that it was Gabby's card. Um, but that, like, it hasn't said that. The report didn't say he used Gabby Petito's card. How the card. fuck do they know that it was Gabby's card? Like, how do they not know it wasn't Gabby's card? No, they, they, the FBI would know whose card it was. Oh, I see. But they just didn't, they didn't say whose card it was, you know? On September 1st, Brian arrived back at his parents' house in North Point, Florida, in the van, alone. Gabby, nowhere to be seen. Whoa. He was seen by neighbors mowing their lawn and going for a bike ride with his mom. The details from here on in are a bit muddy because they relate to an ongoing investigation and because the only people who know exactly what is going on is Brian Laundrie and his parents. In the week following Brian's return, neighbors reported that Brian, along with his parents, attached a small camper to the back of their car and set off for a camping trip. Conflicting dates have been given, but they reportedly did this twice, going up to Fort Soto Park campgrounds. 75 miles away from their home. According to CCTV footage, three people arrived in the laundry's car on the 6th of September and two people departed on the 8th. What the fuck? Yeah. So it was Brian's parents and Brian, but only two left. On the 10th of September, Gabby's father, Joseph, arrived at the laundry home and confronted Brian's parents. Up until this point, Gabby's family did not know that Brian had arrived home. Uh, from doing some snooping, it seems that Joseph Petito, Gabby's dad, also lives in Florida. I'm speculating here, but I reckon what's happened is Gabby's mom, who lives in New York, had been getting, you know, more and more concerned every day by the lack of communication, and had probably been trying to get into contact with Gabby, Brian, Brian's parents, trying to find out anyone heard anything, you know, um, but she wasn't getting a reply from anybody. So she's reached out to Gabby's dad, Joseph, and gotten him to go to the laundry's home and find out what's been going on in person. I think that's probably what's happened. But that is, that's just my speculation. When he got there, I'm guessing he's seen that the van was there, but obviously no Gabby. And by the sounds of it, also no Brian. It's unknown exactly what was said, but police were called to the laundry residence to attend a public service incident. The next day, September 11th, Gabby's family reported her missing, and the police returned to the laundry's home. When they tried to question the laundries, they were given the information of the family's lawyer, who would two days later be hired on a retainer. The police had a warrant to seize any hard drives or storage devices, and with this, the warrant was able to seize Gabby and Brian's van. Again, it's, it's unclear whether Brian was home while any of this happened, or whether he even returned back from the camping trip a week prior, but what is apparently confirmed is that Brian travelled to a nearby reserve to go for a hike on September 14th, and the next day, park police, park rangers, found his car, a Mustang, and left a note saying it would be towed. This is the last confirmed location of Bryant Laundry as of the 1st of October. 
Over the next week, Gabby's family issued impassioned press conferences and interviews calling for awareness to the situation and assistance in locating Gabby. Much of this was solely directed to Brian and his parents, who they said had ignored their pleas for information. They asked the laundry's extended family and friends to ask them what they knew, and that they hadn't even known in the first place that Brian had returned home. That must have been a shock to find out. Well, yeah, and this is like a family that they had, like, you know, known for years. You know, this is a family that they had, like, Christmases and Thanksgivings together and stuff. Yeah, fucking hell, that. Yeah. Like, is the whole family in on it? Well, yeah, they- What the fuck? I know, right? It was during this time, all the witnesses we discussed earlier came forward, like the guy who got the skateboard, Jay Foster, the couple in the restaurant, the people who picked up Brian while he was hitchhiking, but perhaps the most important witness of all was the blogger couple who caught Brian and Gabby's van on their dash cam on August 27th. Police searched the nearby area of Spread Creek camping grounds, and on September 19th discovered the dead body of Gabby Petito. The cause of death was determined to be homicide, though the method is currently unannounced. She was laid to rest on September 27th, and as of Thursday, 30th of September, Brian Laundrie's location is still unknown, and his parents are still refusing to cooperate with police. In the weeks following Brian Laundrie's disappearance, some residents of Florida placed bounties on his head. One of them was for $20,000, along with the FBI offering a $30,000 reward for information resulting in his capture. During the second week of searches, the case attracted the attention of Dog the Bounty Hunter. It's a big dog. <laughs> I'm the dog hunter. Is that what his song says? I think that's his song, right? It's a pretty fucking weird intro, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it's Leland, Dog's son. <laughs> uh, dog was filmed knocking at the door of the laundry's residence and getting no answer. Oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> that- like, surely like, that's really went, he really went out of his way, was he? Dude, imagine that in the TV show, like, you know, he walks up and it's like, knock, 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 and then no answer, and it's like, you know, like, it makes that sound effect and shit, and it's like, no answer. <laughs> the shitty thing is, like, when he did this, there was a bunch of camera crews filming him, so he's obviously, like, told the press that he's doing this, you know? Yeah, he's so old now, look at him. He doesn't look like he could bounty hunt his way to the fridge, you know? Yeah, he's got to get a mobility scooter. To walk his dog like your dad. <laughs> yes, yes, to get a mobility scooter, but he's the dog. Yeah. He's the dog. He's the dog on a mobility scooter. He has to walk himself on the mobility scooter. <laughs> Do you reckon whenever the dog is out on the town going for a walk, people are like, hey, you're walking the dog. And dog's like, I'm getting real sick of that one. Uh, dog claims to have information that Brian is still alive. And on September 29th, claimed that he was closing in on his location, collaborating with a team of ground and boat crews. Dog is apparently focusing his search on a series of islands that he believes Brian is camping on. But Mm. it's worth noting, Dog is reportedly in the middle of shopping around a new show. And I feel like if he doesn't find Brian, and if, if he's actually searching in the wrong areas... Like, and it's a publicity stunt, like, that is 
evil. Which it is. Yeah, it is a publicity stunt. But if he isn't actually... Yeah, know that. Some bounty hunters do it for the kindness from their own heart. Not all bounty hunters are money grubbers, okay? And yeah, dog- but what about this guy shopping around for a new show? <laughs> like, I'm not saying all no, bounty no, no, hunters no, 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 are bad. I'm saying no. this one. He's just, you know, he's just doing his job, but he also just happens to be looking, you know, the, the show he's shopping around probably isn't even about bounty hunting. It's probably about, uh, like, training dogs or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's like that guy, Circio or whatever. Cesar Romero. Cesar. You know, he's, he's being uh, sued because somebody said that uh, his, his pit bull, like, killed their chihuahua and he tried to cover it up. Oh, really? So he's not the dog whisperer after all. I don't believe that. I believe that's just, like, a weird thing. But also, if his dog did kill another person's dog... I choose not to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reg doesn't like evidence. Well, no, but wait, wait, but, like, if, if, if he of all people would need to cover that up, right? Yeah, like, that that's, is, like, his entire is, reputation yeah. on the line. That's, what, that's <laughs> yeah, I went straight into the joke about, I guess he's not the dog whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that brings us to today, which is 1st of October, and that... Is where the whole story of that dog, dog, the, dog, dog, the dog whisperer. I mean, the most likely thing is that Brian killed her, mm. like probably domestic related. Do you think he should have called himself dog or wolf? Dog, because he's on the trail like a sniffer dog. Yeah, but wolves do that better. No, they don't. Or shark, ca- shark, sharks do that the best. I don't. I don't think you can train a shark or a wolf. I don't think he called himself dog. He's on the trail. I think he called himself dog because he's a bit, you know, he's rough around the edges, like a he's junkyard a dog. He's a mutt. Yeah, he's a bit of a mutt. Well, no, right? then he would call himself mutt. I got you in a logic trap again. It's ah! <laughs> not hard. I'm sick of these. <laughs> Do you have any theories about, like, what the motive was or why this happened? Um, it, it, it's probably just, like, hot-blooded, right? Like, look, let's say let's say he did kill her, right? Like, I'm not going to say he did or whatever without the proper evidence there. It looks like he probably did, though. Yeah. But let's say he did. It was probably something hot-blooded in the moment. I don't think it was, Ma- like, yeah. a methodical plan, that thing. Because you don't, like, you don't date someone for years and years and marry her and, you know, devote your whole life to them just to plan this, like, murder, right? That you barely pulled off, right? Like... Mm. I mean, some people some people do. They don't, they don't get into the relationship with that intention, but then, yeah. like, for whatever reason, they do end up... Like, some people do end up planning mm. Yeah, but I think, sort of I think I think when something's planned, it's planned, right? Like, you wouldn't... Like, it's, it's way too messy to be planned. Like, if I, I don't went think, to kill I'm someone... Not say, I'm not... No, no, I'm not saying this was planned. I'm saying yeah. that people do right, plan right. this. You're saying no one plans it. I, I think, actually, when it's planned, it's... When when a woman kills a husband, it's more likely to be planned. When a man kills a, um, a woman, it is more likely to uh, be in the moment. But there's... When, there's, when that happens, there's generally been escalating violence, you know? I, I always I always ask Chloe like usually on a daily basis if she's like poisoning me or something like that because <laughs> I read that like if women are gonna kill their spouses it's like seventy percent of the time it's like poisons and yeah so I'm and really paranoid about that you know what else is like seventy percent of the time when the woman wants to get the man's money <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well I've got, I've, I mean she see she see, I, I think I made the mistake of showing her my CS:GO inventory <laughs> and my sweet investments I've been making because I think right. now she wants that we we know now. Technic- we're technically de facto now, right? So mm. she would get that. I'm going to have to write a fucking will. I'm going to have to give one of you. Who wants it? I'll give it to one of you. Hey, there's this guy on TikTok, right? And he makes these videos, which I really relate to. It's like, day in the life of a stay-at-home husband. Like, leave you misogyny at the door. And I'm like, I mean, Chloe, watch him. And she's like, you know, he's, he does all this stuff. Like, he'll make her breakfast in the morning. And he'll go, like, do the shopping and all that. And I was like, and she's like, why don't you do that for me? Like, if you want to be a stay-at-home husband. I was like, 
I mean, this guy probably isn't funny, so <laughs> he has to, like, make up for it in all these other qualities. No, no, no right? okay, I, I reckon that is a warning sign. When guys are doing that type of shit, that is, no one's gonna keep that up the entire relationship. That is, a, that that's is it, like, an That's act. the way I look at it, yeah. That, like, no one actually <laughs> does that shit. Like, I'll make Lucy tea and stuff, and, you know. I think this is more about you guys than, than like, what you're trying to say, <laughs> hey, to be honest. hey. I didn't catfish anyone, okay? It's just that <laughs> as time goes on, you become more lazy in a relationship. Yeah, I get it. I no, get yeah, it. you, you did catfish it. Says more about you, guys. you catfished it. You've admitted it. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, the the whole thing about like bringing people breakfast in bed and all that shit and like the big uh, like extravagant declarations of love, I think that is like early relationship stuff and i think it's uh yeah yeah, it's nice yeah but i'm talking about like doing chores as oh like, no, no, no that's different stay at home husband that's different which we're just like dude no one does that man i do i do the chores because he doesn't want to do it i do chores i told you i've got my chores okay i put the i put the blankets on the couch at night time and i close the, the blinds all right let, let's look at the let's look at the brian laundry gary petito case so what, what do we know about brian Brian's a psycho. He did it. Case closed. <laughs> Get dog out of here. Give dog a new show. Okay. So I'd be a little fucking pitbull. He'd <laughs> be, be one of those disgusting hellish chihuahuas with yeah. the big bulging <laughs> eyes and like, look at my, look at my, look at my, great, look at my video game. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. Let, let's talk about this though. Let's let's break it down. So what we got? Brian apparently has times when he doesn't sleep. And he has uh, times where he goes into a state of psychosis, hearing voices or whatever. Now, now that is not confirmed. But if it is true, and he's doing all this cross-country driving, that's a, that is a warning area for people who aren't sleeping, you know, doing, doing all that driving. He, he's, ex- he's demonstrated some controlling behaviors, like, uh, you know... The keys. Yeah, the keys, all that. And um, I think he's also kind of demonstrated maybe some financial instability maybe because so gabby gabby has uh worked like all these different jobs to fund their trip it's not confirmed whether brian did any jobs he might have but the only thing that's confirmed is uh he you know did art he's arguing in a restaurant about the bill mm. he he gives those people 200 dollars whatever but that 200 dollars in cash whatever maybe that's his last 200 dollars because then like the next day he takes out a thousand dollars from Gabby's card. So I think um I think this guy is probably already, you know, a bit of a psycho, a bit of a narcissist maybe. He um he's not sleeping. Gabby Gabby has some emotional issues. She's reliant on him emotionally. He's under money stress. And then the the cops are telling Gabby that she needs to evaluate her relationship with Brian. So I, I reckon maybe all that pressure has resulted in an escalation of the tensions in their relationship. And I reckon maybe Gabby has broken up with him, called it off, and he's uh he's gone nuts and killed her. I don't reckon that's I don't reckon she broke it up. Uh, I reckon, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to assume that they might have broke up. Mm. I think I think he probably took, like she probably just like went on some type of like tirade or whatever, and he got really angry and just you know very upset and just did something in the heat for of the whatever moment. reason he yeah he lost control i mean even then um, we don't know that like she could have tripped over and hit her head in a rock or something he could just be running because you know he thinks everyone will blame it for him who knows i, I right? mean the cause of death was determined to be homicide so from an yeah but if someone like falls over and hits their head on a rock or whatever like it could be assumed that i, that I feel like that i feel like that only happens in a movie i don't think that happens in real life where a person would uh not take the person to hospital or anything like that and they would 
freak out and try to cover it. We up. don't we like, don't know why they've ruled it a homicide either. They just said that it was ruled a homicide. Yeah, from an autopsy. But it it's actually hard to like it has to be very obviously a homicide for things to be ruled a homicide, yeah. or else it gets ruled. It, it, it could have been someone else, right? Like another, like a drifter or something. It, it could have been, but like, why is he acting so weird? Yeah. Why is he because gone missing? Because the, the drifter, the drifter, got in his head and was like, "No one will believe you. <laughs> no one will ever believe you. You need to leave. You need to go home." Why does the murderer have to have a Mexican accent? I know. Ne- I never gave him a Mexican accent. Mine. Mine didn't even have. Mine just said, "You don't have to." What? No, it's just they won't believe you. They won't. Yeah, believe that's a Mexican accent. <laughs> no, that's how I would say it. If I was to tell someone, I'd be like, "They will never believe you." You know that. Um. So the other part of it is, do you guys reckon his parents are knowingly uh, covering up for him? Oh, like they have to know something. There like, has to be something going uh, on. They're like, to like they, they, they know that. Like they would know all this attention it's getting, and they're helping him hide. Like, I mean, I think, I think the biggest sign of that is the fact that the police were like, "Hey, do you know what's going on?" And then they're like, "We lawyer. got a lawyer." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, do you think that they know, or do you think that um, do you think Brian spun them this story? Maybe about the drifter, <laughs> like Reg's drifter or <laughs> Gabby hitting her head or some shit. Do you think that they know that he killed her or do you think that they are kind of uh, just covering up for him? Do you reckon he's just been like, I'm in trouble? Well, maybe, maybe they're like, they don't want to believe that he could do it yeah, as well. Yeah. But surely, like, surely logically you would know. You I know? mean, the police are looking for him, right? What do you mean? It's like that, um, what was that, Casey Anthony or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Um, and her parents were like, you know- they obviously think that she killed, like, bef- like before it came out that like the baby was dead mm. or whatever. They knew that she had something to do with it, yeah. and they were like, "You got to tell the cops." Yeah, like, but that was still, but that, but the mum was still like, you know, she's still my daughter, and I still love yeah. her, and all that. On a morbidly uh, related situation, remember how last week I said that a whole bunch of dead bodies rock up in queue? Yeah. So Chloe corrected that for me she said that the reason why they're in queue it's not necessarily that the homicides happen in queue it's just because there's lots of bushland in queue right and so a lot of the female uh, bodies okay. are dumped in said bushland that's fucked you don't you feel like i feel like it's in the news every time you know someone gets killed i wonder how much it happens and just doesn't get reported on i think the craziest one that i remember was remember a couple of years ago when that guy got shot on the east link yeah, that was nuts. Dude, that never fucking happens, man. Yeah. Like, people and don't get shot. He was like a green. Know? He was like a greengrocer, and he yeah, he got shot on the freeway. But I don't think it's ever been announced whether he it was a mistaken identity or whether he was linked with a you know organized crime or whatever. Like who knows? Really. Sometimes I feel so glad to be in Australia where there's so little like homicide. You know, it does. It does seem like the value in life in, for example, the US is just so much. Well, I mean, less even than here. even look at L- London, right? For instance, like it's just fucking like stabbings every day, and there's shootings in America all the time. You know, it's just like it just it, we just don't hear about it here. You know, yeah. like there's so little homicides in I comparison. Feel, that is, it, it, it's like uh, yeah, there's there's not very very many homicides in Melbourne every year, and I think part of that is because you know we don't have guns in the street you know which is i mean that good. doesn't stop them you look at london right like london it's all just knife crime and shit like that but it, it goes off so i asked some people on instagram and in a true crime group what they would do if they were in the same position as brian laundry's parents whether they'd aid their kid in evading the law if they'd killed somebody and uh here are some of the replies true true crime experts <laughs> kimberly said 
I would not help my son escape. I would get him a lawyer and have him turn himself in. My son knows this too. My husband thinks I would turn him in, but is 100% wrong on this, which I don't get because we have been married for almost 40 years. Well, thanks for the insight into your marriage. The thing that I think is like, she says, if my son knows this, like, have they had to have this chat? Like, have they just given him the talk? But it's like, they sit him down. It's like, if you ever kill someone. It's that as well as he's, she's been like, my husband has also said this about the topic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, Robin said. I would call the police and inform them where he is. I already called the police on my son when he and his friends stole two quads and they were both arrested. Okay, that's like not cool, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, murder? Okay, I understand. But like. Stealing yeah. quads. Come on. Come on. I don't know, man. Crime I'll still a couple quaddies if I could, you know. Chris said, any parent who helps their offspring are assholes with no moral compass. I hope they end up in jail themselves. I mean, it is a crime, so. Yeah, I mean. What the uh, fuck? Any parent who helps their offspring up, like. Hey, he obviously, thinks- he means in this situation. Yeah. yeah, I know, but he could have been a little bit more clear about that, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I have misquoted. I don't remember. But, uh, I mean, maybe he's one of those. Maybe Chris. I think. Oh, isn't that the girl, Chris, yeah, though? That's like a girl when Chris. you felt the cake. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Have you seen those videos of, like, parents in America who, like, just kick their kids out <laughs> when they're 18 and be like, yeah. all right, go live. Go, go live. This is how I did it, so you got to do it this way. And then they just end up homeless. Broccoli Pocket said. Is it a girl or a boy? I can't I have tell. no clue. Broccoli Just pockets. Just a gender-neutral voice. My family actually has what we call a DC plan. Stands for David Copperfield. To make a long story short, it has a plan that can get two people out of the US within about three days. I asked Broccoli Pockets if this meant, like, if one of them killed somebody. And Broccoli Pockets replied... Negative, but for real, you could be framed, blackmailed, death threats, stalked. If you think about it, there's quite a few reasons why it would be beneficial to get you or somebody you love somewhere safe. Yeah, I agree. Being outside the US is somewhere safe. <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> unless it's unless it's somewhere they're invading. All right, here, here's, here's my here's my David Copperfield plan: drive to Canada, sorted, man. <laughs> yeah, staying in the US. Yeah, what is the the those moose? Well, do people actually ride moose there, or is that just that Brendan Fraser movie? There's no way they ride mooses. Ca- Canada has mooses. They have mooses. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying there's no way they ride nah, them. mooses are huge oh, and scary. I mean, they might. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think I'm thinking of the poster of that Brendan Fraser movie. Anyway, guys, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. I mean, we might end up doing a follow-up on this if uh, whatever ends up coming from this case. Well, what do you guys make of our first kind of foray into proper true crime? Uh, yeah, I did not sign up for a true crime podcast. We need a new intro for true crime ones. <laughs> Hold up, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it right now. We're gonna talk about true crime. People getting hurt, people dying. Jay thinks it's bad. Martin loves it. I'm pretty neutral on the subject. Right. You were the most egregious. Alright, guys. Let us know what you thought. If you want more true crime stuff, or if you want more hey, you lighthearted stuff, you can let us know at why they mad at gmail.com, or you can uh, follow us and DM us on Instagram at why they mad pod. Uh, thanks for checking us out, guys. We'll be back next week with this week in anger. Uh, hope to see you then. Dude, this episode better not be popular. I swear to God, I did not sign up for a true crime podcast. Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Right in front of me!